The only reason you have anything is because of my fucking sweat. And you know every step of the way exactly how it works. But you walk around that fucking mansion in your $500 shoes and your diamond rings, and you act like butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. And you don't want it to get ugly. Too late. I want what I am entitled to. You're entitled to shit. Well, I guess the honeymoon phase isn't back on. Welcome, my friends, to Soprano Sit Down. Wait. Yeah, Soprano Sit Down? <laughs> cut to Black a Soprano Sit Down. Oh, my God. It's been Jeez. too long. It's been too long. But, yes, the Cut to Black a Soprano Sit Down. Welcome back to Season 5, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 61 episodes of The Sopranos. And I will say... Uh, sorry to everyone who's watching along with us, making you wait and such. We did have some international trips to go on and such, but even so, we are trucking along towards the ending. As I was struck sort of watching this, I was like, oh, this is like the ending almost. We're getting up on the ending of season five, and then there's just one season, and I don't even know. Uh, that's That feels really weird to me. I mean, if anything, at least the the last season is like a double season kind of, but... You know, oh, I forgot about that. It's Wait, still, so six is okay. Never mind. <laughs> it's it's like twenty something episodes. So so we still got a ways to go. But yes, we are okay. very close to the end. Uh, but yes, this is the ninth episode of the fifth season, called "Unidentified Black Males," written by Matthew Weiner and Terrence Winter. Uh, also directed by Tim Van Patten. It aired May second, two thousand and four. Wow. Uh, and yeah, these are all Sopranos mainstays, and as we've mentioned before, and as you know, Matthew Weiner is the creator of Mad Men. Uh, and yes, what an episode! I feel like uh, there's there's some bombshells. Well, there's some bombshells in all these episodes as we start finishing out season five. Where are you at, Jacob? Uh, yeah, it's it's a really good one. I I mean, it's pretty centered on Meadows' relationship, kind of. Mm. Um, but I mean, also Carmela. Uh, and Tony and their whole thing, and of course Tony B E or sorry Tony Egg, um, yeah, it's it's a I think it's a really good one. Um, it's it's solid all the way through. I'd say there's a lot going on, and I mean my the one thing that sticks out to me is Meadow and it, his name is Finn, right? Meadow yes, and Finn's Finn. relationship, yeah, and they're sort of arguing that just feels so real and <laughs> yeah. familiar. I mean, yeah. isn't it? Isn't that the thing? Oh, totally, totally. Uh and even though like Finn's so dumb, because I mean, where it goes, where it just ends with like a like an engagement, but it's also like, oh yeah, that's kind of you know that young stupid people, and they're in this this uh, long argument, and it's hot, and the air conditioner doesn't work, and it's late at night, and you just want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, the only solution is to get engaged. Yes. They say don't go to bed mad, so. Yeah. Uh, you got to get engaged instead. Otherwise, everyone's just going to be mad. Um, so we start out with uh, Tony and Tony sitting watching t- telly in the uh, in the front yard, uh, eating some nachos and such. And yeah, what a weird oh, thing that they're doing. Yeah, because we didn't fl- really. I mean, to me, it's just American. I just assume American <laughs> people do these things that I see in American television, Jim. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even kind of until you just said it out loud, and I'm looking at it again. We follow like the extension cord. I mean, I guess you wanna, yeah, you wanna enjoy the nice hot summer day. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're eating nachos, but now the the you know the cheese is all like jello now or whatever. Uh, just hanging out, just a weird thing to do. I don't think I've ever done this. I mean, now Maybe we just watch it's... it on our phones. 
Well, yeah, exactly. That's the problem these days with our phones. Now we now we don't need a huge extension cord to get outside. I will say um, it, it seems like a good time. Maybe their AC is broken as well, so that's why yeah. they're outside. Either way, the point of this is that Tony Egg can tell him that he was jumped by some black guys, unidentified black males, and that's why he's got this limp that was very clearly uh, from his foot getting run over last episode. Yes, yeah, and not to call this out again, but it feels like it's been so long since we've watched and discussed Sopranos where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where we ended up when, you know, Tony B running off into the, well, limping off into the night as a homeless Mm -hmm. man walked by. Uh, Then we have a family dinner in the city with Tony and AJ and Finn and Meadow. Uh, A weird combination, but I'll take it. When he says he's got dinner in the city, I'm like, we about to see some real mob shit here now with the... (laughs) gonna have a sit down trying to with little carmine and johnny sack and they're gonna squash this shit nah it's just a family affair and the biggest conflict is because of finn paying the bill yeah yeah this is some real alpha machismo shit where tony gets pretty upset about it um i don't know this life at all where someone gets <laughs> mad that i mean i i've worked in establishments like i've worked i worked at a pizza shop for a long time and sometimes the, like friends would come in and you'd bring their order up and go to charge them, and they'd argue over who's paying, and you have to just stand there like, I don't give a fuck who pays. And they're like, take my card. No, take my card. Ah, don't take his. So, I mean, I guess this is a thing that happens. But, uh, I don't all know of- if it's alpha if it's in a pizza place. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I pay. You eat. Like, it doesn't. Uh, the whole thing doesn't come across the same if it's over some slices of pepperoni. Yeah, maybe it's just the people I'm around because everyone else is. Everyone out in my life is like, hell yeah, pay for me. It'd be great. Yeah, or the opposite of like, no, no, you pay. No, no, you pay. <laughs> yeah. That can happen too. Um, but yeah, it's like Finn saying, you're always so generous. Uh, uh, you know, you, you got to know that guilt if someone's always like paying for stuff. You want to do something nice. He And also, as we figure out in this episode, it's not like he's rolling in money, even though I'm under the impression that his parents are rich, but he's yeah. not got a huge amount of money. I mean, he's, you know, living in New York. Of course, his parents are rich. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, but Tony, he gets mad, but then outside they have kind of a nice moment where he's like, look, I know it, it was a good thought. I mean, it was the wrong thought, but you know what? Uh, you're a good kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of taken aback by how upset Tony got, but I guess that's just Tony for you. And then, yeah, the, in the in classic Tony fashion, he has to pull him aside after and be like, hey, you know, don't worry about the the big scene I just caused. Uh, you know, you're a good kid. I like what you're doing here. Uh, and then, yeah. And then we have, because the other thing, I kind of forgot all about the tryst between Carmilla yeah. and Tony. And it was interesting to see Carmilla be the, like, uh, fluttery one here about these feelings and the possibilities because uh, I think we had both yeah. speculated that they cut early and that Carmilla was pretending to be asleep, but I guess now we were wrong because the way this yeah. shows it is that she's all like, you know, gossiping with uh, Gabby here, uh, like, ooh, what's going to happen when Tony comes? Uh, you know, he sent flowers and he's dropping off AJ soon. We'll see what happens. And that doesn't really pan out. Yeah, it is weird because uh it's almost like it, it would feel right if Tony got into his head that, like, everything's fine now. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. Yeah. Like, no, I live here again. Like, that feels like it would happen. But Carmilla, I mean, Carmilla's the one who told him to get the fuck out. 
so nothing's really changed. But I think it is obvious from this scene that she at least wants him to want to get back together. True. You know, maybe yeah. she doesn't want that, but she wants him to want that so that she can decide and and like feel good about that but he just kind of drives off which uh drops off aj and drives off um making her feel a bit shitty yeah then we have and oh, oh and he told he told her uh aj to deliver uh the money i guess like her allowance with a kiss on the cheek <laughs> oh, yeah. uh and he doesn't even give her the <laughs> yeah. kiss on the cheek <laughs> yeah i i think i was waiting for it as well uh because he kind of like goes to walk by and then he just keeps going it's like oh you piece of shit oh aj <laughs> don't ever change uh, and then we have uh, Johnny Sack and Tony playing some golf, talking about Peeps or Joey Peeps, uh, yeah. the guy who Tony B shot. And then we get the uh, some information here about how a homeless guy saw someone limping away. Tony starts putting two and two together here and has like a little mini attack. Uh, he falls over, and I think what do they say? It's like uh, Johnny Sack's like it's his weather. The the way that the way the weather changes so fast. What do you expect's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is um, it, it's interesting. This is definitely like showing a lot of weakness to another boss. This should be a problem, but it's not really. At least not in the moment. It's all friendly, and I think if um, if it was apparent that it was psychological, then maybe yeah. But it's also like Tony's a big guy. Like, of course, he probably ate something weird. Like, and I think they say something like that. And it's probably true. Like, so uh, I, I guess he can get away with this. But if he starts, if he collapses in front of uh, 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 Johnny Sack again, then I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because that was like uh, kind of in the early days of Sopranos. That was like a big thing with Tony uh, was just the whole showing weakness, and then even just having to come out and tell his crew that he's going to therapy and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's not quite as big of a deal here, at least at least in this moment. Yeah, it all seems quite friendly, but I think it's also like Johnny Sack. Uh, I mean, he, he, he turns very aggr- aggressive later, but for now, anyway, he wants Tony to be on his side against Carmine and, and Lil Carmine. And that's what he's sort of saying beforehand when Tony's like, oh, it's sad when they pass away so young. And he's like, what do you mean? He, he got fucking murdered by Lil Carmine. And so because he wants Tony on his side, he's not going to go, you know, what a weak bastard who has just fallen over. But uh, all of that is obviously changing there later in the episode. And then we have what uh, Little Carmine um, being yeah talking about his hits, trying to be cool, being George Bush. Like it, it. Uh, I don't think I put this together at the time, but I mean they talk about it a bit in the Sopranos session and its sessions, and it's like Little Carmine is George Bush, and then uh, uh, the other guy is the other guy. You know, you know who we're talking about. Uh, and what he's like, his, I actually don't. Uh, Al Gore is he Al Gore? No, no. Uh, why am I space? And they just had a movie uh, about him that Christian Bale was in. Uh, God damn it! Let me look it up. Sorry, I was uh, drinking. Heavy. Oh, Dick Cheney. Okay. Yes. Oh, you mean the the other guy in the room is Dick Cheney? Oh yes, the, yeah, the guy that's is Dick Cheney. Yeah, the guy that's played by. Uh, uh, I was drinking last night. The guy that's played by Frankie Valley, Rusty. <laughs> Yeah, I found it. Uh, but yeah, he basically says that you know, I uh, we a war will not it will give us the opportunity to show how capable I am. Basically, is yes. what he's saying, and, and changes always come through war. So, but that's I don't know. Like he's 
it feels like Johnny Sack knows like way more about everything than him. He has some people around him, and they're like bigging him up. Uh, they're hyping up uh, Lil Carmine, but I feel it's in a sort of uh, Game of Thrones way, so that they can be the power behind the throne if uh, Lil Carmine actually uh, gets anywhere. Or not all of them, but like the guy behind him is like, yeah, and you you're even better than your dad or whatever. Well, and especially uh, that's because patently not true. Well, and we see Tony dealing with Johnny Sack a lot. We don't see Tony dealing with Little Carmine, like, kind of yeah. at all. And and Tony does talk a lot about staying neutral. Uh, we we don't see that that much because I would almost I would almost expect, uh, at least from what we see, Little Carmine would see that Tony is more siding, even though he's not actively doing anything. He's more siding with Johnny Sack. Um, oh. And it's worth playing real quick. I think I got this queued up because some of his lines are great father okay. happened to me god forgive me but you may be a stronger man than your dad was the fundamental question is will i be as effective as a boss like my dad was and i will be even more so but until i am it's going to be hard to verify that i think i'll be more effective <laughs> the <fuck> is <laughs> the sentence <laughs> that's great <laughs> But it, it, I, I actually just kind of got confused watching it. Where, like, what is he actually saying? And I watched with subtitles, uh, but he's just kind of trying to sound smart, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just a dumb person trying to sound smart, throwing in as many words as he can, uh, not really getting his point across. And you kind of just have to, like, nod and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right, little Carmine. Let's do this. Hey, which brings us to Finn. Yeah. I think everything you said also kind of uh, describes both Meadow and Finn and their sort of uh, we go to college now, so we're super smart, or he's even finished uh, for now. Uh, but yeah, he, he, they're also want to use big words at each other, you know, for fun. Uh, it's fun, though. When you learn a big word, you're going to want to use it. Well, and even like I love, uh, there's a quick comment, I believe, where they're talking. She says something about going down to... Um like the job fair or the counselor or whatever the fuck. And, and he's he doesn't like, want to take away a job yeah. that a minority could have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then just the, the, like you'd said before, some of the arguments do feel so real. And plus just the indecisiveness. Cause sometimes when you're in a relationship and it's like, well, no, just pick where, where you can go eat. And it's like, well, no, you pick. And it's like, no. And, and, and in a weird way, I, I definitely, uh, Later on, I think Meadow's more annoying, but here I sympathize more with Meadow because she just wants Finn to make a decision. Like, just just make a decision. Like, do you want to go visit your home? Do you want to get a job? Do you want to do something? Do you want to pick a fucking movie to go see? And he can't yeah. do anything because uh, he's Finn. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. Deciding what food to get is the bane of so many relationships, <laughs> I imagine, is like the worst conversation ever now movies is more uh there there i'm more like no no <laughs> don't worry we're going to see all of these uh <laughs> we're going to see this one or that one but uh uh no indecisiveness there but it's obviously just because they want to get out of the house at that point but like you said he's very indecisive just sits on the floor and talks about you know his career he has no idea what he's doing and he's talking about like i'm gonna be a photographer again or something and yes. she's like you get mad when i ask you to take a picture of me and my friends <laughs> Yeah, because he's supposed to be a dentist or something. But yeah, now he maybe got a comment on some pictures. So maybe he'll go back to photography. Uh, but yeah, the I like the like from their different arguments, because then there's something else later on, or it might even be in this one when there was like a girl 
that he brings up that she's like annoyed about. Like there's this whole, like you pick it all up. You don't have to know who any of these characters they're talking about are, but it's like, Oh yeah, this is like a fully realized relationship for like these young people that are pretending yeah. to be poor in New York. No, that's so true. And also a well-written argument between uh, a couple it always like spirals off in weird directions where it's like, well, you would have maybe had a friend if you hadn't been so rude to that guy we met four weeks ago <laughs> yes. in that place up there in upstate New York or whatever. And they, they certainly sprinkle in enough of that to, for us to see the expanded scope of their relationship. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, we do get a quick shot of the bear again, like kind of such oh, yeah. a weird insert in the next scene here when, Carmilla is uh, on the phone with a lawyer and we start to find out that Tony did take that advice, which I think goes back to like white caps uh, when that, you know, the guy that was selling the house to Tony and he did go and kind of poison the well with uh, a lot of the big lawyers in town. Uh, It's almost a a little too on the nose because it just cuts away. It almost feels like they were like, didn't have that until they were editing it. And they're like, you know what? Let's put a bear shot real quick in here. Uh, because nothing really comes of it. It's just kind of like uh, rooting around outside to be like, Tony, Tony's the bear. Don't you get it? Come on, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's exactly right, because usually I would, uh, in a show, assume that this is just a reminder that the bear is still out there. So we've obviously had a lot with the bear and then showing this, and then that means in the season finale someone's getting mauled by a bear. <laughs> I'm not ruling that out, but yeah. I think it's more likely that it was just exactly the way you said where they were like, well, we have some bear footage, and they're like talking about how Tony's like being a big lumbering influence. He's out there poisoning the well, eating the garbage. He's a bear. Get it? Um, so yeah, it's the only thing that was weird about it is how it's inconsequential it is. Um, but if someone does get mauled by a bear, I will stand corrected. Yeah, he just kind of yeah. lumbers off there as well, and at the end of the scene. So I mean, to go back to Game of Thrones real quick. I mean, they had a bear. They had a zombie bear. So yeah, they Could did have worse. a zombie bear. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, we move to uh, a card game, right, yep. where, uh, where let's see, what happens in this scene? Silvio's uh, talking about peeps and about the situation, and uh, they, right. there's a key little detail that they decide they're going to pick up the headstone, which leads to a hilarious <laughs> joke uh, <laughs> later on when it just says yeah. peeps. <laughs> In huge letters on the headstone, and Tony's like, "That's a this is nickname," and he's like, "We're gonna get her fixed." Uh, <laughs> then yeah, Tony shows up, pulls Tony B outside because Tony understands what's going on here, and Tony B kind of still tries to play it off, but as he does make the point later in the argument, like, you know, should you even know? Like, should I even tell you if it's real? Like, trying to give him the you know the benefit of uh, uh, ignorance, I guess here in this situation. Yeah, and unless I'm mistaken, it's uh, just at the very start of the scene when they're laughing about this guy dying, uh, Polly and little Polly, uh, like Polly says some joke about how he died and then little Polly comes in with uh, the hooker oh. getting shot in the chest. There's silicone everywhere. Yeah. And Polly immediately goes like, why you always got to top me? <laughs> yeah. Why you always uh, taking the air out of my punchlines? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great moment. Uh so, yeah, yeah, things are heating up. Uh, Tony knows about Tony B. Um, and he does bring up, but also he brings up the thing again, like, 
Tony says something to Tony B about how, you know, uh, you're trying to guilt me because you went away and I didn't. But Tony B's like, you're the one that keeps bringing that up, uh, which is true. Um, And then uh, don't they talk? uh, Oh, he talks about his IQ because that that comes up a few times. He brings up his IQ Mm -hmm. here, gives him the casino. Uh, I guess in a very similar to the Tony reaction to Finn earlier, where at first he's yelling yeah. at him and then he calms down and he's like, you know what, you're a good person. So here he's doing that. To, he's yelling at Tony B. Then he kind of calms down, talks about how smart he is, his great IQ, decides to give him the casino, which I guess he should have just fucking done in the beginning. I mean, I know Tony B was trying to not be part of the life for a while. Uh, but I mean, if Tony just took care of him initially, he, would, he wouldn't be in this mess. He got the fucking airbags, Jim. That's true. And, like, if he just knew his fucking place, and uh, I, I don't know. It, it's just, he had, it, it, this is really annoying with Tony because he's, like, talking about his IQ later and trying to big up how smart he is for picking him. He even says stuff like, you know what? I'm not so dumb either because I picked the right guy for the job. And it's like, this guy just went behind your back and caused a major schism w- yep. with the people you're trying to keep shit cool with, and he did it literally only for personal uh, reasons that are t- completely selfish, and it hurts you, it hurts your whole organization. And he's like, because of the guilt thing, and it it, it is, you know, that's what we get into towards the end of the episode, and uh, I, I really love that scene later on, and this all builds up to that. But, like, he, he it's such a bad decision but he wants to do it because he loves tony uh but like this, the timing is so weird of it yes yeah yeah because uh, yeah we have tony and melfi and again yeah he's talking about his iq and yeah you're right he's bringing it up in a way of like i'm i'm just as smart because i put smart people in power but melfi kind of sees through it and sees that you know not only is tony like guilty but he also is like concerned that Tony B's smarter than he is, and kind of in in I mean I get from from the some of the stuff we see, I guess he kind of is like the way we see yeah. Tony B work with other people or how he like works other people I guess I should say, um, and then they they kind of talk about the Carmilla situation a bit, and I believe it's when uh, Melfi tries to give him good advice where you know Tony's talking about how he's like basically stonewalling her. <laughs> And and I think what he is this where he gets a call or something like that. Like as she's like, I don't know if that's oh, yeah. the best. Uh, and then he's like, Oh, sorry. And he gets a call and kind of just trails <laughs> yeah, away. I think so because he's like, Oh yeah, I left before she woke up. Uh, uh, let's see, it would send mixed signals <laughs> if he was there in the morning or like acknowledged it at all. And then he gets a phone call, which is so rude. Um, <laughs> just takes that. And meanwhile, uh, Carmilla's off with a divorce attorney trying to uh, get things finalized. And this divorce attorney gets pretty excited when he hears about this unreported income because he's dealt with this sort of thing before, and he gets a percentage of this. So this all sounds great for the moment anyway. Yeah, they're going to bring in some like uh, financial experts or what have you that are going to go through, and they found all this hidden money and... You know, things seem to be on the come up for Carmilla. Although, like, even if, I mean, it doesn't work out, as we know, but it just feels like that wouldn't be a good idea for Carmilla regardless. In my, like, it just feels like that all that would do is open up, like, Tony going to jail, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, but while well, she says like, "Oh, it's unreported income," and he's like, "Well, through through illegal means or illegal means," and it's like, "But it's unreported income either way, right?" So yeah. isn't that still illegal, right? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so it kind of seems like, yeah, it would be a. I, I don't. I, I guess Carmilla doesn't see it this way uh, until later, but it's like you are now. Uh, kind of an FBI informant if you're doing this or whatever. Like, you're on that level. You need to go into witness protection if you do this, Carmilla. <laughs> kind of. Uh, then Meadow comes back, gives Finn the good news, uh, got him a job in construction, and uh, Finn's confused. He's like, I've never done <laughs> anything in construction. I just get a job. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess that's how it works. Because, I mean, th- through this whole episode, we see... I mean, because not that we, the audience, even know Finn that well, but we're seeing how Finn is becoming more acquainted with the soprano lifestyle, and it's great oh, yeah. to see how, because we've we've seen the thing with Meadow with the way she goes, she's gone after Tony in the past with either you know look at Mister Big Mob Boss or Are You in the Mafia, but then we see how she's Carmilla or Tony to the rest of the world, uh, even with the Jackie Junior situation, which comes comes up here. And it's interesting yeah. that to see her denial even to Finn when he's you know tells her stories about people getting the shit kicked out of them uh, or maybe blowjobs happening on a job site. Yeah, it's like I saw this with my eyes, so like, and it was fucked up. And her response is like, you know what? This is a way of empowering local people who never had any protection <laughs> from the government, and this is how they took it into law into their own hands because the lawmakers were corrupt. And it's like, wait, did you? How did you get to that from what I just said, which was that I feel sick because I watched someone get the, their face kicked off them. Um, <laughs> But anyway, he's at the job site, and it's kind of like, well, Polly shows up and tells him to clear the shit off his wheels. He he gets to talking to, is his name Vito, the guy? Uh, uh, yeah, Vito's talking about the Padres, like, here, because, yeah, he's a, was a San Diego Padres, I think, or uh Padres fan playing the Yankees. Yeah, Polly shows up. He's got shit on his tires. He He grabs what he thinks is just some random nobody to go clean the shit up. And it's it's uh, great when he realizes that it's uh, Meadow's boyfriend, <laughs> uh, and he has to go make nice with him. Uh, and I love that. Like, I mean, I guess it starts to happen later when Finn does realize he could just sit down as well and like take a nap. But because like kind of in the beginning, they're all like looking at him like, "Why are you working? Like, you you could be like us." Because these are the not the no show jobs, the the no work jobs. Remember we learned about these. I think it was like season yeah. three or whatever. Where you just get to go hang out on the job site, uh, but yeah, well, we've all done that at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, uh, it, although I I didn't read that because I, I felt that the, I guess they didn't. The rest of them kind of knew it was Meadows' boyfriend, I guess, but or did they? I don't. I'm not sure because at first it seemed like, wait, who's this rando coming up talking to us? But I guess they did know. Someone told Polly. Yeah, because so, one of them yeah. tells Polly. Yeah, I think actually okay. little Polly so, maybe tells him. Oh, yeah, and then, funnily enough, his reward is that when Polly goes and gets the bucket and that, he's like, Polly, come here. So he obviously gets <laughs> little Polly to clean the shit off instead. Um, so we get the next scene where <laughs> where they have a nice dinner, Carmilla and Tony. And actually, they don't. They don't get that far. But at the end, she's ready to order. And, um, yeah, this is where the clip is from, from the intro, right? Yes, yeah, because it, it, was, it was one of those when, the, when, the, when it started happening, like, I knew all the words. So I was like, oh, yeah, I know the words to this scene. Because I think nice. they would use it in, like, commercials or something like that. But it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting, 
not that Tony like hides his real self from Carmella because I mean we've seen them have some knockdown dragouts, but I guess in this uh, context where like you know Carmella, because I think they even kind of say it where Carmella's gonna gonna uh, hire these lawyers or whatever, and she thinks she's gonna really like you know take Tony to task here, but I mean she's like underestimating what Tony the connections he already has, how he kind of knows these situations and like in a business money like uh standoff things are a little bit different and it's like i feel like she's seeing a side of them that she doesn't really know yeah um but it's like understandable because i mean maybe she was thinking she could use this as like you know i i have this power because i know these things but so come to an agreement with me that's more reasonable and you know we don't have to go through this shit but uh obviously as soon as tony's threatened he goes into you know now you're my enemy mode now it's like he's delivering a speech like he would to a rival boss or an uh someone beneath him who he is like not playing by the rules or whatever and we've seen that before but even though they've obviously had lots of arguments it's like he she hasn't quite seen that exactly also got to give it up to Artie Bucco for like his comedic timing of coming in like <laughs> oh you ready to order and he's all smiles uh not quite reading the room uh, I really appreciate Artie in a lot of the small moments that he has uh he really does he <laughs> he really does help make a scene especially like the an intense scene like where this goes where it gets pretty intense uh it's nice to have Artie show up every now and then absolutely and uh she's ready to order at the end there so anyway uh we go back to finn at the work side flirting with this girl who this girl though what you doing finn what's going on here then yeah it is weird they just kind of drop this in and this actress is actually on the shield great show um Hmm. uh yeah because it feels like uh, the, I mean, I guess they are kind of talking about marriage or something like that around this point, too, like when he's talking to her. He says that they're kind of as good as married because they live together. Oh, okay. At this point, I'm like, wait a minute. There's like a third guy living there, right? I guess he's not there for the summer or maybe he moved out or whatever. But like they were definitely living with another guy yeah. when we first met Finn. I, so I don't know if it's exactly the same as being married. Though it is New York. Oh, these prices. Yeah, I think they're at a different place now than that, though. So maybe that guy's not involved. But yeah, I remember that, too. Like when they had the I thought whole... It was, okay. I thought I recognized it as the same place. But it could be. you're probably right. Uh, it could be. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting because this almost makes it seem like... Uh, this is going to be a monkey wrench in the relationship. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it still will, but then it, it, it makes it, it does. It definitely doesn't make you think that it's going to end in with him proposing by the end of this episode. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, that is pretty good. Uh, but anyway, he's, he's like slowly, because I think, um, I mean, later, like you said, he's taking a nap. Now he's sitting down. So he's like progressing into <laughs> this sort of <laughs> just kind of hangout uh, situation, which, wow, that seems like a good, good-ass job. Um, so Carmilla and Meadow go clothes shopping, and uh, yeah, she reveals that she's moving forward with the, uh, the divorce, and Meadow starts talking about, like, have you thought about your life outside of this, outside of being dependent on some man? What are you gonna do? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Meadow, you are a baby. You're like yeah. a little child. You don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's weird, though, because what she's saying is correct, but it's also she's a hypocrite because, you know, she lives completely off of the Soprano family and level Tony specifically. So, yeah, she doesn't really know about independence. But in theory, 
what she's saying is kind of true. And Carmela's kind of doing a woe is me like because they're shopping and she's like, well, I can't get it. You know, daddy stopped paying my card. Um, <laughs> and it's yeah. like that's why in a weird a lot of these times, like I don't I don't dislike Carmilla, but I also I guess I see maybe the meadow in Carmilla a lot of times where. You know, that's why, like, I read it more when that episode when she was kind of all sad on the bed and her father was fixing the door. Like, I just read yeah. that more. It's like, oh, woe is me, Carmilla. Don't get me wrong. She's definitely got a bad rap and she does deserve better. But she kind of has to go. Let's go back to what the rabbi said. Just walk away. You don't need any of this. Just live your just become your own person. Yeah. Yeah, and it ends with uh, uh, Meadow saying there are options in life, and Carmela says, you have options, I have a lawyer, which I don't know if that makes sense, but it's a good line. Unfortunately, she doesn't actually have a lawyer, <laughs> yeah. because, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get to her losing her lawyer, uh, let's see, we have, oh yeah, we have, uh, what's th- what's their face, what's his face? Uh, guy with the white hair showing up to the... Job yeah, site. Phil shows up on the jo- uh, to the job site. I forget. He's like picking something up or whatever. Everyone's kind of busting balls uh, with each other. And uh, that's where uh, Lil Polly makes like a gay crack to, um, I believe it's Eugene. And then, uh, then he ends up cracking a bottle over his head and <laughs> beating shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, I got to... I gotta rewatch this scene, but yeah, it's um, it does go fairly wild, fairly quick. I mean, and and uh, it's good. It's a good contrast because Finn is obviously getting more comfortable. Where he's like, "Yeah, I watched a documentary on sharks' teeth when I was a kid, and ever since then, I wanted to be a dentist." And then they show up to pick up this stuff, and that's I, I guess I kind of forgot that this was like a joint effort. This is New York and and Jersey working together on this. Obviously, there was a bunch of conflict about it, so that is also another reason that Tony probably wants to keep things, uh, you know, copacetic yeah. all around. But uh, things do not remain copacetic, like you said. Uh, it's another one of these scenes where people are just hanging out, and in classic mob fashion, someone. Like, they're always busting balls, and most of the time it, like, doesn't come to anything. And it's just like, who can bust the balls harder? That's the big thing. But then it's sometimes it's like, oh, that was... It's, too it's far. not even that it goes a bit far. It's, yeah. it, it, I wouldn't even say, like, it's exactly on the same level as before, which to someone like Finn, it's like, why the fuck did this explode uh, this time? And not like he said way worse stuff yesterday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he like kicks his face and everything, and and Finn, and Finn then it, almost throws up over there. Yeah, and I think what's great besides just the like insane violence is that all the other guys are kind of laughing. Like it's like yeah. that Goodfellas thing too, where you know someone gets cracked in the head, and the other wise guys, it's such a normal thing, and they just start laughing, and then but then he's like like dry heaving, like <laughs> he, you know, he's that. It's like a natural. I mean. He's obviously the most normal there uh, because he's having a real reaction to what's happening. Uh, but it's just a great uh, parallel to what's going on. And they're all like, yeah, you know, we'll get him into the hospital. You know, a couple black guys ran off or something like that, you know, because I believe it's called out because, yeah, the episodes unidentified black males. They bring up the uh, Jackie Jr. thing because he was shot by black guys, supposedly. Uh, there's what the... Um, Oh, t- well, Tony's thing that comes up later on. Yeah. And then, of course, Tony B's foot injury. 
Uh, and this one, so there's yeah. four of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, pretty packed. Um, but that's what they do, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's like you said. When he gets a, he, it's like he gets a bottle smashed in his face, and that's not enough for them to like not laugh. They're like, ha ha ha, knew that was coming. And then, but then it's like, oh, he just keeps kicking him. It's like, all right, all right, he's had enough. He's had enough. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, then so um, he's tr- yeah. Finn's trying to tell Meadow about what happened, and she's like, Eugene, he's he's a family man. Like, he, what are you t- what are you talking about? Or he, you know, he's he's the nicest guy. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the exact. Well, first it's like first it's like oh he can't eat because it's too hot and he saw this thing and this is also a classic like relationship moment of like well why didn't you tell me you weren't gonna eat I made dinner etc cetera, etc cetera. Well, and and it's great because she made chili and <laughs> and the whole thing's been about how hot it's been <laughs> and she's like well I'm gonna make dinner and she makes chili it's the worst thing to eat on a on a on a nice hot night. <laughs> yeah. yeah nice summer summer uh food there um but yeah so she says that she never saw any violence growing up and uh just goes into the you know goes into uh uh cultured like these people we've seen doing lectures and things like uh all of this stuff in you know how it's actually you know the authorities were corrupt etc etc yeah it's and like then we just oh good yeah. you're good i'm sorry no, no, I was going to move on, so what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's that classic, like, my brother's a piece of shit. Can you believe what a piece of shit my brother is? And like, yeah, man, your brother's a piece of shit. What, what the fuck do you say? How dare you? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's that classic, <laughs> I can say things about my family, because, you know, he's saying, like, the guy was an animal and all this stuff, and, yeah, Meadow kind of comes comes through. Like, these are the moments where, like, Tony's not around, but Tony would be so proud but then if yeah. Tony was around, she wouldn't want to give him that satisfaction. So it is kind of like yeah. that interesting thing there. Exactly. And you're right. That is kind of always what she does. Um, yeah. We've seen it uh, several times. Um, so then we have Peeps's funeral. Uh, it must be his name. It's right there on the stone. Like you said, it's a, it's a good goof. That's <laughs> um, oh, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the fucking Jason. He's dyslexic or whatever. Uh, and the real name was something pep- Pepperoli or something. I don't know. Yeah, his, uh, whatever probably. his nickname was. Well, he'll always just be known as Peeps. I like to imagine that they didn't bother fixing it. They just left it there. Yeah. Uh, and then Johnny Sachs very worked up that, you know, oh, little yeah. Carmine's there at the funeral. Uh, Tony does make a good point of like, you know, once Tony gets him aside in the limo or whatever. He's like, you know, this is kind of how it is. Like, this is not anything new with these guys. You might kill someone and then you're kissing his mother or his, you know, widow or whatever. Uh, that's the life they chose. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I'd say Johnny Sack, he's not even complaining about that at first. He goes into, um, you know, he goes into the fact that someone saw oh, a limping yep. guy or saw Tony B in the area. <laughs> and I mean... Even in this scene, it's not called out, but I was like, I hope Tony B's not still limping, yeah. or like he's going to put three and three together and see what's uh, definitely going on. Um, so Tony kind of directs his anger towards little Carmine, like, if you want to be mad at anyone, like, he's right there. And then, you know, but Johnny's not having any of it. We've seen his temper before. Um, get They get him into, uh, or he, he Tony gets him into the limo, and they argue back and forth about it. It's it's a good scene, uh, especially because like Johnny Sack is like yelling and, and raving about the whole thing, 
And like you said, they get into how this has always been the thing, like, it's fine. And Tony says that it couldn't have been Tony B because he was with him and they were looking for, like, Tony B's daughter. Yes. Um, Which, and that's, to, to me, is one of the biggest mistakes. It's like, I understand that Tony's covering for Tony B, but to go out and then m- be the one to vouch for him to specifically try to say, like, no, he was with me. Like, I'm like, ah, Tony, why you got to do that? Like, you could at least be like, you know, he was with Christopher or something like that. You know, put it on someone else. Oh, you mean because if it turns, if it's like becomes apparent, then Tony is completely connected to it. It's yeah. not like he can claim ignorance. Yes, very true. And uh, Johnny's like, well, if I find you out, you're lying. I swear to God. And Tony has to go like, it's because of enormous respect to you. I'm like not saying anything mm-hmm. else right now because like you can't talk to me like this, basically. Um Oh, then yeah, they, they do have a great yeah. shot where then it's just the two crews kind of having small talk uh, under their umbrellas while their bosses are fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause, oh, yeah. Because they're just kind of like, yeah, they're just kind of friendly. They're like, yeah, so anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. I, I forget exactly what they're saying, daughter? but it's just a oh, nice... Uh, how's your daughter doing? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it kind of ends with... It, it, I think this has happened a few times with Johnny Sack that it ends with um, we... Like, it seems like it's settled down. Tony kind of gets his point across, but then later it feels like it probably hasn't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then where's it go? Oh, we got back on the job site here. Oh, this, yeah, this is where they ask Finn, you know, if he, who would win, well, like Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali. And Finn, you know, just is very afraid that, <laughs> you know, even if he picks the wrong, who's going to, who could win in this hypothetical fight that maybe someone's going to get upset and like beat the shit out of him or something. Yeah, and I, um, it's interesting because, well, not interesting, it's just a fun choice that he's, of course, working again now because he wants to separate himself from this sort of just hanging out type crew, but he just also has the helmet on, which, like, is kind of too big, too small for him or something, I don't know, it just sits atop his head, and it's all, it's like he's trying to put on some armor here to protect himself yeah. uh, from potential attacks, you know, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, um, and when he said, like, to tell you the truth, after the other day, I don't want to see the wrong, say the wrong thing, I was like, oh, that's exactly the wrong thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, Eugene, I, I, or I don't know who says it, but like, you know what? This kid's all right. See? Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. So he they, does. They convince him to sit down and have a nap anyway. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, sit down. It seems like things. Okay. All right. Things might be okay. Uh, then we have Chris. Chris is upset over Tony B. This is a cra- This is a classic Chris that I feel like we haven't seen in a while, you know, because yeah. this used to be his go-to. He was always complaining. I mean, I guess he was still complaining about the bills and having to pay for dinners and stuff, but now it feels like Tony B was kind of picked over him in a weird way. Although it does, I mean, given I don't live this mafia lifestyle, but it feels like it would make sense that if someone went away for like 16 years and then they came out and like they're older than you anyways. I mean, I assume Tony B's made. Maybe he's not. I actually know what Tony does say. Maybe we're going to see about opening up the books for you. I think he says. Yeah. So I guess which I not. also that's also how I understood it, that it like means I mean, he went away fairly young, I guess. Yeah. So he wasn't a made man. Um, so that does that does make sense. But it just does feel, I mean, I guess maybe I'm going off of, uh, maybe I'm old school, like uh, Richie Aprile, and I'm, I'm looking at Richie Aprile's point of view, where it does feel like if you went away for a while, you should get out, you get something to get back up on your feet. But yeah, you know, Chris is upset. He thinks, you know, uh, 
fucking Tony B's, you know, getting one over on him or something. Well, yeah, and it, it's like he's he's right in that. Have we seen uh, Tony talking to Melfi about uh, Christopher recently? It used to be all about he's going to run the family, and I got this great plan. And now it's all about Tony Egg. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, he he is kind of right, I guess. Um, it does the this scene does end with Adriana getting on the phone, calling her handler. Yeah. And it just cuts away. And I almost kind of missed it the first time. And then looking back at it, I'm like, oh, wait, what did she say? Because we've seen that she's now, because she's not getting out of this, she started using it to her own advantage in a way. And, I mean, she's used to Christopher complaining, but it it seems that she's going to call him up and say, you know, it's all about Tony, uh, Tony Egg now. And, I mean, he's on probation, so... He could go away very easily, I assume. Yes, yeah, very true. Yeah, I mean, it like is... They did, <laughs> well, go ahead. Like they did with Feach, a character I completely <laughs> forgot about until this very moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and it is kind of... It's such a quick thing, but yeah, it's just, uh, it does show that Adriana is kind of using... Uh, or, or is kind of, I guess, moved past being above uh, snitching or however you want to... Be an informant, however you want to put it. Uh, then we got what Finn on the beach, you know, the college kids, it's summertime, you're up late drinking, all hanging out. Uh, I've done this before where you're like, fuck, I got to work in like three hours. I shouldn't, I don't even need to go home. Uh, he decides to just head on in and, uh, you know, sees Vito blowing a security guard <laughs> outside the job site. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, so in the, in that quick, uh, beach scene as well. Uh, so there's just these characters of I don't think we've seen where they're like, oh, you're still thinking about joining the CIA? Nah, I'm going to film school. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this same sort of indecision that's plaguing them in their existence is also the same that's with all of their friends, uh, because they're all in that transition period of like, okay, what are we doing now? We had a plan a few years ago, but guess what? It's been a few years. I don't know that I want to be a dentist. Maybe I want to go to film school too. But then he goes and sees uh, Vito getting blown. And I did feel like well, that Vito's could have been doing, quite easily avoided. Vito's doing the blowing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I feel like that could have easily been avoided if that guy who's getting blown would have just put his hand down and held him down. <laughs> and kind of, kind of, I don't know, make it part of the fun, part of the action or something. Then no, he would have been none the wiser. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Because Vito just kind of looks up like, oh, go. And then, <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, he uh, rushes off and gets cornered coming out of the bathroom or a porta potty. I thought for I maybe it's just uh, I don't know teen comedies, but I just assumed it was going to be flipped over when he's in there uh, that porta potty. But no, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, shit goes all over. Vito waiting outside there. I, and uh, yeah, I, I love the lo- I love his like delivery of uh, like Finn de Trollio, my arch nemesis. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great. Yeah. What is that? Like, is, that's not a reference to anything, right? He's just being like... Yeah, he's just kind of being like weirdly... I, like, he's, he's, I guess he's doing the friendly intimidation. Um, yeah. But the, I really don't know what to read of the whole situation because he invites him to the Yankees game. And he's like, you know, I'm going to see the Yanks beat your Padres. And then, I mean, Finn is rightfully worried and scared. I mean, we just saw that he kind of started getting comfortable again when he sat down and had a donut. But now it's like he has some really big information uh, because, you know, someone made a joke about someone being gay and they got the shit kicked out of him. Uh, but then the fact that it shows 
Vito all in his Yankee gear at the stadium, like kind of bummed. I'm like, oh, maybe yeah. he really just wanted to watch the game with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, first I was like, uh, I thought he was giving him two tickets because mm. he was like bribing him basically. But then it's like, no, 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 we're going. And that's a bit weird. Just going with someone, uh, I don't know, from work in general, <clears throat> let alone someone you just saw blow a guy who might want to murder you now and that. Um, so, yeah, I guess he, I, I don't really blame him for hesitating. I thought, I really thought up, up until like the next scene even uh, that he, he just got the tickets and wasn't going to use them. But then, like you said, he's just outside there. I think this goes hand in hand with um, what Paulie was doing as well, like giving him some cash to take Meadow out. Like everyone wants to be on Finn's good side, kind of. Yeah. Um, and uh, Vito even more so at this point. I don't think there was anything nefarious in it, but like you said, there's that playful intimidation of like, don't like I could kill you. <laughs> well, <and laughs> there's that. But I think he was just going to see the game. It's interesting too because like most shows to draw that through line would have Vito be the character that beats someone up for making a joke about him being gay. Yeah. And then to kind of push more drama into this moment here. So it's kind of interesting that they don't do that. Uh, I guess that's it, it's very in line with The Sopranos to have something that's kind of connected, but they don't go the full the the full Monty, I guess, like like most TV dramas would do. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think it's just kind of interesting that they, they make that choice. I think that's a great point, and I think it is a good choice because it would just make the character or several of the characters less two-dimensional. Like, he would just be, like, the guy who will flip out and beat you up, but then he's secretly gay. Now he's just in this environment where that can easily happen, and he's, like, one of the tough guys, and I don't know. It, it, everyone involved kind of gets to be a bit more believable doing it this way. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it does. I have read reports that it was the actor's idea, uh, Joseph Arganascoli. I guess he, he came up with the idea of Vito being a gay mobster after reading about a member of the Gambino crime family who was gay and allowed to live for the sake of being a good earner. Um, I do believe there's a quote in the Sopranos session where he said, uh, like, even though it was his idea, he said something along the lines of, like, well, you know, I thought I was going to be given, not taken, or something like that. And Terrence Winter, or one of the writers, was like, ah, oh, it doesn't work that way. Like, <laughs> like you just had, yeah. like, a, like that was his one issue. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm blowing the guy. <laughs> I'm not getting blown. Well, yeah. Um, and so Finn at, talks to Meadow about this and says he was coming on to him. Uh, and that maybe he wants to fuck me and then kill me. I don't even know. But the, that's not even important. The only important bit about this scene is he got out the suitcase. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, it, it, he was thinking out loud in his action of taking out the suitcase. I mean, real quick, uh, it does maybe put a spin on. I think all the early interactions, it is always Vito talking to Finn. Um, and I don't know. Maybe this is like heteronormative gay hysteria. But like, Absolutely. could he have been, was he kind of hitting on him earlier in the episode? That's for the viewer to decide. But yes, you're right. The important thing is he got out a suitcase. And the weird thing with this is it is such an annoying argument and Meadow's so annoying. But I, I feel like maybe now that I'm older, when I do hear, I, I, her argument makes more sense to me now, at least, even though she's being very yeah. shrill. 
Like, I, I at least get more what she's saying. I remember when I initially watched, I was like, ugh, Meadow's such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally uh, get where she's coming from because... Uh, but then also... It's like, like what it means. It, it is, yes, but he didn't even pack it and he he so if he started packing it okay but now we're getting into the specifics but yeah. if he'd started packing it and it didn't ask her to go with him like she says later like you didn't ask me to go with you you just got out the suitcase but like he he literally just got it out though they were already talking about maybe going to la or maybe yeah. doing this and that uh and as he's saying <laughs> he's thinking out loud and then he says well not out loud but in the action of getting the suitcase <laughs> i was thinking you know <laughs> And she's like, thinking of leaving? And he's like, no, I was just, you know, yes, I don't know. And uh, this goes on for the rest of the episode. Well, and I think I think the other thing, though, it is important because what they were talking about in the first discussion, I think I think it's just was clear. And I think or at least Meadow read it as clear is that he did want to go home mm-hmm. um, and he kept looking for an excuse. That's why they would talk about. You know, they talked about the AC. They talked about not having a job. You know, they talk about the hot summer and blah, blah, blah. Like, and we see that Finn's so indecisive about everything else, about, you know, whether it be what to eat or pick a movie or this and that. He wanted to do it. He just didn't want to tell Meadow that. And it was almost like, even though I do feel like he does have a good excuse now because he's fearing for his life and maybe it would be a good idea to go away for a while, it just all stems back to the fact that he probably did just want to go home. Uh, and maybe yeah. their relationship isn't as important as she thought. Because I think what some of her things, her guilt thing at the initially was like, well, you know, I took, I was going to do a semester abroad or I was going to do something, but she, she stayed for them. It was something like that. Uh, but now here we are and he's got the suitcase out. Yeah, but Jim, there was no abundant intentionality in him getting out the suitcase, <laughs> as he says. Yeah, um, it's like a little Carmine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I think you're right there. And I don't know if it's the exact words said by that girl. Uh, I think her name was Felicia that Finn was talking to on the work site. But she says that, like, when you're not married, uh, you can just grab a like. I was with a guy, he just grabbed a suitcase and left in the middle of the night or whatever mm. she says. And that's basically what, uh, you know, they're almost doing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, they get into the thing I was mentioning about the hunters in Montreal now with a French uh, oh, yeah. boyfriend or whatever who was all over Meadow's ass and <laughs> and so on. So anyway, the, the argument just goes on all night uh, to the point where they're sitting on the bed and they're both super tired and it's four in the morning staring into space and they're uh, talking in these big words about the whole thing they're in a transition period like we said earlier and uh yeah and then finally falling asleep yeah (laughs) yeah that's right yeah she's falling asleep she you know storms off into the bathroom uh and then finally yeah then she comes out and it's like you know why don't we just get married and it's like, yeah. what a perfect start. I mean, uh, I guess this, I can't think of... There's only one other engagement I can think of on The Sopranos, and it was just as good. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's when Chris shows up at Adriana's mother's yeah. house after he like beat her up or whatever, and he's like, uh, I bought a ring and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's also a good one. Um, so even though we don't know it's going to end with the engagement, I mean, looking back, it's just great having Carmilla and Tony going through this at the same time, having it all balance out, uh, because the next uh, scene is Carmilla walking out from the shop, gets a call that um, that she uh, uh, won't 
be having this lawyer any longer either because uh, guess what? Uh, it seems like no one wants to be a lawyer against Tony unless they really have to. Yeah, and these forensic accountants that he was talking up so much before, now they're backing out as well. Uh, yeah, Tony, I mean, Tony can have his hands in a lot of these things and can uh, basically... Uh, shutter it all off for Carmilla and she's you know rightfully frustrated and upset because that was her like as you said that was her option that was her you have options I have a lawyer well no now I don't yep now you don't have anything and she's appropriately upset um so we get to the scene with Melfi and Tony um where they're talking about you know the marriage falling apart and all that but it's like after the scene, obviously we didn't quite mention it, but it's obvious that after the scene where he's in the limo, he looks over at uh, at Tony B and it's like, wait, why the fuck did I do what I just did? Uh, like I just sacrificed so much for this and I p- just gave you a promotion and are you paying for what you did? Like, mm-hmm. you're not really. Yeah. And he gets into how he's been having panic attacks and we find out about multiple panic attacks that haven't been on screen am i right yeah yeah because basically uh this was you know well first tony's talking about you know those 17 years when tony b was away he did so good like it really was like his meteoric rise was basically in those past 17 years and yeah yeah, he gets into uh, about how well you know the original story is he's jumped by blacks he got like a scar on his head you got beat up and you couldn't make it to the job uh, but it comes out he had a panic attack. He was arguing with Livia, something to do with, it was when Meadow was like a baby at the time, uh, something about making booties or buying booties for the baby Meadow, and they got into a, a big fight, and he got into a uh, fight with her, and then he had a panic attack and like passed out. Uh, it is interesting. I mean, obviously, these are retcons. They kind of work in, uh, because if you look at the pilot, like if this had happened, I mean, I guess seven, even if it was going back to the pilot, it still would have been like over 10 years beforehand. But they would almost, it almost seemed like, like, wait a minute, this happened to you before, remember? <laughs> yeah, well, he says he didn't even know what it was then. And, I mean, interestingly, the he starts having a panic attack here as oh, well yes. in the office, which has never happened um, before. And the the way it's shot obviously changes as well. Like, they match it up because it starts very sort of wide and, you know, the usual sort of thing, but it moves into close-up with a quite fuzzy kind of feel to how it's shot and, and moving with him, and, and we're in that moment with him. And this is... I, I have, like, flashbacks to when he's talking about meat being fried in the kitchen by his parents and, and all of that and how it made him... Like, how how this is... Like, the big revelation moments that have happened uh, in The Sopranos, it was that same type of feeling when, when all of this was coming out, because, like, he obviously isn't always honest with Melfi, but he's also obviously not honest with himself, and he's buried this so deep that... He like he didn't. He barely told Melfi that about uh, about the unidentified black males who did yeah. this to him. But then this all comes out, and he starts like actually panicking. And it's like as, Melfi says that's a huge burden even before all of that. Like even yeah. the the cover story is a huge burden. But then there's this and this feeling of like complete weakness and self hatred that comes from that as well on top of it. And then seeing himself as the boss now, even though. He couldn't, like, steal a car or whatever they were doing because he was 
too weak to actually do it. He fainted because he had a fight with his mother, and I feel that would be enough to make anyone start having this type of panic attack, possibly. Yeah, and just the the way uh, Lorraine Bracco plays it, too, because, I mean, obviously, I mean, Melfi understands anxiety attacks, panic attacks, what have you, and, and how it affects people. But, yeah, like, as you said, this is the first time she's seeing it with Tony and something, you know, they've talked a lot about uh, over the years together and now, like, witnessing it and kind of being, like weirdly interested and intrigued but also you know trying to comfort him and you know be uh be the psychiatrist that she is to him uh so yeah yeah it's a lot of great stuff she has a she says she has a uh a medical bag there apparently for like emergencies which makes sense um as well just in case just in case watching him oh go ahead hmm? i was gonna go ahead just uh watching him it's like uh, I don't know. This is was a really powerful scene uh, for me from from this and and how it ties together with what's been going on in previous episodes and I, just this sort of evolution of Tony. I don't know if it's evolution exactly, but like like uh, like she says, Melfi. It's like he says it's like taking a shit. <laughs> yeah, and she says it's, it's like, more like childbirth, and that's kind of what these moments feel like when they're at their best like because some some episodes we have therapy and it's like all right we got to give some fun commentary on what's going on in the episode but Mm. some episodes we have this and this is why i think the original concept of the show was you know mobster goes to see a therapist and this is like delivering on the promise of that first episode the pilot episode where of what that could potentially lead to this is one of those scenes and it's uh, one that sticks out for me yeah yeah trust me it's like taking a shit <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly my point yeah. um yeah so anything else on this scene or, or- um, no, no, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying, um, and even just like some of the like the the desperation in in Tony's voice. He's like, "What am I gonna tell them? You know, you know, you know, like what what are they gonna think? Like, uh, yeah, it's it's all it's all played uh, brilliantly." Yeah. So next scene we have uh, final scene we have Carmela coming home to see. I think Tony's in the pool, yeah. just floating there like the bear, <clears throat> and she just shakes her head, gets the call, and very excited. Meadow tells uh, tells her that she they're, they're getting married, and it's just great to see the two of them all smiling in the sunlight, <laughs> like because it makes then it like it makes sense why they would make this bad decision. Yeah. Because like now they're happy. We were feeling like shit before and now we're happy. So like it this adds up in a yeah. weird way. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, we made a great decision. We're all happy now. And and again, yeah. it's another moment where like I've brought this up a bunch of times. Uh they do a really good job of making Tony gross. Like at least yeah. what, they do a good job of showing Tony through the eyes of Carmilla. Cause obviously we love the show. We love Tony. Uh, he can almost do no wrong. Uh, even though he does wrong all the time, but they they, they always give us these moments where we see Tony through Carmilla's eyes and it's like, Oh, he pieces of shit. <laughs> and then I like to feel like this is really right after, uh, therapy. Like after you had this big moment that he has to go to his pool, you know, his duck pool, his family pool, his home. Like, I think that all works. Like that's, this is him like really like, uh, kind of unwinding and just letting that uh, letting it wash over him if you will yes exactly and and for all that it was amazing acting uh in the previous scene uh just carmilla as well her face <laughs> finding out her daughter's getting married 
and she says like I'm gonna cry and Meadow's like yeah and it's like she is but she's looking at Tony it's like she's seeing the past and the future and the present all at once and and that's a really great ender for this episode yeah yeah absolutely because it's almost you could see where she wants to be like don't do it (laughs) no don't do this (laughs) marriage is a sham it's a mistake and we're Catholic so you're stuck forever Um, yeah but that's the end of the episode I think it's a really uh, strong one for the reasons we laid out there and Tony has a great storyline Finn and Meadows ties in with what's going on with Carmilla really well Uh, I don't feel like there's anything sort of unnecessary in this one it's a it's a really nice one yeah yeah I agree I agree Uh, good stuff that's it. So if you had an opinion on this episode or any episode of Cut to Black, it's getting to that point where if you want to send us your thoughts on uh, season five, please do. Yes. Uh, because it's going to wrap up in a mo here in just a sec, basically. So send those to shows what you know show at gmail.com. Um, you can also leave a review on iTunes or similar. We really do appreciate those. And uh, for Jim, there's, of course, jimandthem.com for his other podcast. And for me, awesomepedia.org, where I collect my various projects. Anything else, Jim? There's just one more thing left to say. What's that? Cut to black.